Coming up on We Talk News this week, the hemp and CBD industry is shocked by an FDA decision denying full-spectrum hemp use as a dietary supplement. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo resigns what happens next to the rollout of that state's new cannabis laws. The state of Maine sets another monthly sales record while New Hampshire allows out-of-state medical card holders to shop in the Granite State legally. While in Wisconsin, legislators visit Illinois to announce their adult use initiative in the Badger State on We Talk News next. PCM-TV is supported by Salient Systems, a world leader in video management security, and by Revolutionary Clinics, a medical dispensary where the patient comes first, and by Accounting Buds, your number one CPA specialist for the cannabis industry. We are pro-cannabis media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Weed Talk News for another week. I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. Join us live on Friday for the Green Rush Live show. We have the legend, the myth, the up-in-smoke guy himself, Tommy Chong, scheduled to join us for the final hour of that show. Meanwhile, our top story this week is another example why federal involvement with cannabis sativa is not going to be easy. In this case, it's hemp. You know, the non-intoxicating form of the cannabis plant that was legalized in the 2018 Farm Bill. The FDA turned down two dietary ingredient notifications for full-spectrum hemp extracts, despite the fact that the two applicants cooperated with all FDA safety data and requests for improved standards. Now, one of those petitioners was Charlotte's Webb. Now, this is consistent with past FDA rulings on CBD as a dietary supplement. You see, the FDA considers cannabidiol, or CBD, a drug, not a chemical from a plant. Now, it, it is not intoxicating like its cannabis cousin, THC. And while the FDA continues to crack down on companies' claims of health benefits to CBD, they will not budge on this. If you want to read between the lines on this decision, the FDA's objection is because they already have approved a drug called Epidiolox to treat seizures. The agency said because of that, it precludes it from authorizing CBD for dietary purposes. Now, they sent a letter to Charlotte's Web on July 23rd asking for more evidence of its safety and potential liver and reproductive toxicity. Another example of why Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas said the federal cannabis laws are contradictory. Now, despite all these inconsistencies and setbacks, the CBD industry has grown to over $6 billion worldwide. Hmm. Now, let's check in on the big cannabis companies in the U.S. and Canada in this week's Green Market Report with Deborah Borchardt. Deborah. I'm Deborah Borchardt, and this is the Green Market Report business update for Weed Talk News. Earnings season was in full stride this week as some of the biggest cannabis companies reported their numbers. Unfortunately, record revenue reports didn't push cannabis stock prices much higher. TrueLeave announced that its revenue rose 78% to $215 million. They also delivered a net income of $40.9 million. That was an increase of 116% over last year. 
Green Thumb Industries reported that its total revenue jumped by 85% to $221 million. They beat analyst estimates and they said that their net income came in at $22.1 million. Cureleaf Holdings reported revenue reached $312 million in the second quarter. That is a huge number. And the company's net losses were trimmed from $17 million in the first quarter to just $7.2 million in the second quarter. And finally, cannabis online marketplace company Leafly Holdings and the SPAC, Merida Merger Corp. One, sponsored by Merida Capital, has signed a definitive agreement for a business combination. When it is complete, Merida will adopt the Leafly name and its common stock is expected to be listed on the NASDAQ under the ticker symbol LFLY. And this has been your business update from the Green Market Report for Weed Talk News. In New York State, you might have heard that their governor, Andrew Cuomo, has resigned amid accusations of sexual harassment and assault by at least 11 women. Now, people in New York are concerned that this might delay the launch of that state's legal adult use market. But the now acting governor, Kathy Hochul, has always been more pro-cannabis than Cuomo was. The next biggest step by the now acting governor will be to nominate the executive director of the Cannabis Regulatory Board. Now, some advocates in New York actually are encouraged by this development. Hmm. Now let's turn to our state-by-state -state roundups and we'll start in Michigan. June sales reached $149 million in that state and their regulatory board has now approved two research studies on PTSD to the tune of $20 million, all generated by tax revenue from cannabis sales in that state. For the rest of the news from Michigan, here's Rick Thompson. Rick. Thank you, Jimmy. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Let's begin. This week, Jason Szymanski was released from prison. He was tossed back in jail after using medical cannabis under a doctor's orders while on parole and has been there for years. Thanks in part to a court decision in a case called People v. Tui, he's been paroled yet again. His release is a success story for the last Prisoner Project, Michigan Cannabis Freedom Coalition, the Clean Smoke Initiative, the Cannabis Caucus of the Michigan Democratic Party, the Redemption Foundation, and so many others. Everything is a team win. Congratulations, Jason. The $20 million Cannabis Industry Veterans and PTSD grant money has been awarded by the state of Michigan. $20 million comes in the first full fiscal year of recreational sales and $20 million in the second, all coming from tax revenues generated by the tech cannabis industry. About $7 million goes to Wayne State University, and approximately $13 million goes to Dr. Sue Sicily through the MAPS funding request. Wayne State will use cannabis to explore the biochemical mechanisms to treat PTSD, anxiety, sleep disorders, depression, and suicidality. The MAPS study will use inhalers containing high THC in a study of 320 veterans, which will take place in several states. Should off-duty cannabis use be used to deny workers their rightful unemployment pay when employers fire them? Hell to the no, says Attorney General Dana Nessel, even though Michigan law seems to support employers. Three cases have come before the Unemployment Commission. Twice the rights of the worker have been upheld by administrative law judges. All three cases are up for appeal, and Nessel has issued a brief in support of one employee. She wrote, and I quote, the people spoke loud and clear when they voted in 2018 to legalize marijuana once and for all. 
nobody over 21 can be penalized or denied any right or privilege solely for legally using marijuana, and employers cannot control their employees' private lives by calling the legal use of marijuana outside of work hours misconduct." End quote. The Attorney General also wrote that Michigan workplace regulations apply to illegal drugs, and in Michigan, cannabis ain't that anymore. And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson for Weed Talk News. A few weeks ago on the Green Rush Live Business of Cannabis show that we run on PCM-TV on Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, we talked with two members of the New Hampshire House about opening that state to adult use of cannabis. Well, their governor, Chris Sununu, a Republican, didn't sign that bill today, but he did allow out-of-state medical patients to use their cards to access New Hampshire's medical cannabis dispensaries. Now, up until this time, that state would not honor other states' medical cards, so there is some movement towards cannabis reform, even in a Republican governor's state. Now, of course, they are surrounded by Canada, Maine, Massachusetts, and Vermont, all have legalized the adult use and sale of cannabis. Speaking of Vermont, here's their green nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan, with the Green Mountain State's Cannabis Report for this week. Jessie Lynn? Thanks, Jimmy. I'm Jessie Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. This week, the Cannabis Control Board introduced the National Associations of Cannabis Businesses as their recently hired consultant firm. The NACB's mission is to shape the legal cannabis market into a safe, responsible, and ethical industry. Vermont's own Eli Harrington, owner of Vermontawana, a cannabis-focused media, events, and travel organization, is working with the NACB in planning a quick turnaround to share industry recommendations to the Cannabis Control Board as to how to shape and create the adult use market and change the medical program for the better. The Marijuana for Symptom Relief Oversight Committee met this week to continue to discuss the future changes and makeup of the board as it will be disbanding and reorganizing within the next year. This week's discussion was centered around who to include on the board moving forward. Dr. Joe McSherry and some dispensary representatives are not necessarily in favor of including caregiving cultivators on the board though he did mention that adult use could and maybe should make the state's medical dispensaries obsolete. Cultivators, caregivers, and patients, advocates will have their work cut out to ensure both the Symptom Relief Oversight Committee and the Medical Cannabis Program move forward with continued equity and inclusion. The Vermont Growers Association, a coalition of cannabis professionals that have come together with the mission to establish and protect a fair and sustainable cottage cannabis industry, will be at the St. Albans Farmers Market this Saturday. I'll be there too as founder of the Vermont Cannabis Nurses Association, along with Jack Nichols of Canna Trim. Together, we'll be hosting an educational pop-up while collecting signatures to help the community be eligible to have a vote on whether or not to opt in to cannabis retail sales in their town. Don't miss out on visiting all of us and helping spread the green sunshine. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. In Illinois, another month and another sales record. Summertime is obviously a boom time for cannabis sales everywhere. In Illinois, 
$128 million of weed was sold in July. That record breaks the May record by more than 10%. Needless to say, the demand is certainly there because Forefront Ventures just closed on the first round of funding for a huge cultivation and manufacturing facility in that state. With the rest of the news from Illinois, here's Margo Vaselli. Margo? I'm Margo Vaselli from Margawana with this week's Weed Talk News Report from Illinois. We're celebrating victories as the cultivation craft grow, infusion, and delivery licenses are finally starting to get dispersed. But there is still some animosity happening behind the scenes. Certain social equity applicants that were very well deserving of these licenses are starting to find out that they have the short end of the stick. Litigation is still underway as certain organizational groups are fighting these set up, made up rules for this first round of qualifying dispensary licenses. The one main factor amongst many is that there was a veteran requirement in order to have the full allotted points allowed. Others claim it was a pay to play lottery. The more licenses that you are able to apply for, for the non-refundable $25,000 fee, the better chances for you to win. That's the Illinois Report. I'm Margo Vaselli for We Talk News. For the fifth time, Madison, Wisconsin State Senator Melissa Agard is filing legislation to legalize adult use of cannabis in her state. Now, that announcement didn't come from inside her state or her district. She traveled 45 minutes from Madison to Illinois, where there is a dispensary, a legal state right next to Wisconsin, to make her point. Now, even though her previous attempts at getting a bill introduced and passed have failed in a Republican-controlled House and Senate in Wisconsin, she does have the support of that state's governor, Tony Evers. In a most recent poll by the Marquette Law School, 83% of residents supported medical legalization in Wisconsin and 59% supported full legalization. This will not be an easy fight in Wisconsin, but then again, nothing is ever easy in the world of cannabis, especially not when politics is involved. Here's our DC report with the Vote Pro podcast, Phil Adams. Phil. Hi folks, this is Phil Adams with Vote Pro podcast here with the Weed Talk News DC report. The Senate approved a measure this week that would allow researchers to procure for study cannabis sold in state legal dispensaries. Passed as an amendment to a massive infrastructure bill, the new measure would also require federal officials to develop recommendations for establishing a national clearinghouse to collect and distribute cannabis samples and strains lawfully available on a retail basis. For the last 50 years, researchers have been limited to using only government-approved cannabis grown at a facility at the University of Mississippi. The amended legislation must now be approved by the House before it can be sent to the president's desk. Another top federal health official calls for ending harsh penalties for drug users. In an article for the health news website STAT, Nora Volko, director of the National Institute on Drug Abuse, wrote that the social stigmas that underlie criminalization of drug use are built on myths and misconceptions and do more harm than good. Volko went on to say that imprisoning such individuals reinforces these prejudices and has, quote, major negative impacts on health and well-being. Last week, Surgeon General Vivek Murthy said in an, inter in an interview 
that it's time to stop incarcerating people for using cannabis and to let science inform America's drug policy. President Biden is considering using his executive power to grant clemency to people convicted of nonviolent drug charges. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki told reporters the president is, quote, exploring multiple avenues to provide relief to certain nonviolent drug offenders. Drug policy reform advocates, meanwhile, have expressed frustration that Biden, who campaigned last year on decriminalizing and rescheduling cannabis, has yet to take any steps to enact even modest reforms. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, Biden's chief rival for the nomination and a proponent of full legalization, said recently that Biden could and should use his, exec his executive authority to end the federal cannabis prohibition. That's the Weed Talk News DC report for this week. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast. There has been a major sale of some grow facilities in the Massachusetts town of Fitchburg to New Lake Capital Partners. The Worcester Business Journal is reporting that the Connecticut-based real estate group paid $9 million for four grow properties, including three owned by revolutionary growers of Andover and Anwelt Heritage condominiums. For the rest of the cannabis news from the Bay State, here's Ron Marshallsey. Ron? I'm Ron Marshallsey with the Massachusetts Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. The former owners of a Cura Leaf subsidiary, Oregon-based Cura Cannabis, agreed to pay more than $500,000 to settle a class action lawsuit over mislabeled marijuana vape cartridges. The settlement stems from a case last year in which state regulators concluded that the Portland company had mislabeled 186,000 vape cartridges under its Select brand as 100% marijuana, when in fact, employees had cut the cannabis oil with additives. Curaleaf said in a statement, this is a disputed claim that originated from activity prior to Curaleaf's acquisition of Cura Partners, as has been previously reported, and the settlement will be paid for entirely by the former shareholders of Cura Partners. Cura Cannabis, which also does business as Cura Partners, sold all their stock in a deal with Curaleaf last year that was worth nearly $1 billion. In some lighter news, High Times is bringing its cannabis competition to Massachusetts for the very first time. Anyone can be a judge in the High Times Cannabis Cup Massachusetts People's Choice Edition competition, which begins this month. Judges will pick up High Times branded backpacks full of products at selected retail locations on August 21st. After they pick up the products, they'll have roughly two months to judge and rank the entries. There are 11 categories ranging from indica flower to tinctures and capsules, and there is a first, second, and third place for each category. Each judge will have until October 17th to test and rank the products, with a digital award show being held on October 24th to announce the winners. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For Weed Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsey. The biggest state in the country is, of course, California. They have the biggest cannabis market, both legal and illegal. That's why we've got American cannabis reporter Christopher Smith on staff now. He files this California Cannabis Report. Chris? Christopher Smith of the American Cannabis Report with the California Roundup for Weed Talk News. The California industry is in crisis. California's cannabis industry is the biggest in the world except for California's illicit market, which is the same size, $7 billion per year. 
Now, folks stay on the dark side to avoid the mismanagement and massive licensing costs of the legal market, and high taxes mean their products are always on sale. Governor Newsom just shelled out $100 million to try to fix the problems. Good luck. Cannabis chemistry. In the California industry, we call it Delta hate. The makers of Delta 8 products are not certified, not regulated, and are cooking CBD with unknown chemicals to create Delta 8 products. Who knows what's really in that Delta 8 gummy? No one. Asks the manufacturer and they're likely to lie. Beware of Delta 8. On to climate change. A major climate change study came out this week. And so, of course, the cannabis industry is going to take it in the teeth. Cannabis is only grown indoors because of bad regulations, not by design. You would never grow oranges in Alaska or cannabis either. If the multi-billion dollar cannabis industry is such an environmental problem, let's legalize it federally and let the market do its job. And this is Christopher Smith for the American Cannabis Report, reporting for Weed Talk News. And finally, one of the reasons why I really don't like politicians is when they change their minds based on a financial consideration as opposed to the will of the people they represent. Now, case in point, a former member of the last president's cabinet named Tom Price. He was the head of the Human Health and Services Department in the cabinet for seven months. Now, while in office, he did everything he could to continue to prohibit cannabis from even being considered as an alternative medicinal treatment. As a congressman from Georgia, he voted against any cannabis reform initiative. So guess what industry he's part of now? Hmm, go to the head of the class if you guessed weed. That's right, medicinal marijuana, if you will. Tom Price is listed as a board member for Botanical Sciences LLC, one of six medical cannabis dispensaries that won a license for Georgia's limited medical program. You know, you just can't make this stuff up, can you? That's this week's Weed Talk News. I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. Remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro-cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area, now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge, and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual. Not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%.
Pro-Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at Pro-Cannabis on Instagram at Pro-Cannabis Media, on LinkedIn, also at Pro-Cannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on Pro-Cannabis Media, Twitter at Pro-Cannamedia, and on twitch.tv backslash pro-cannabis media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro-Cannabis Media.